I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery from sex addiction, compulsive overeating. I'm a pacer, so I will trip over that if I don't move it, so I apologize, but um, had to do that. So, uh, man, it has been a minute. Last week, I went on a road trip, and everything possible that could come up wrong went wrong. Driving my, my uh, son back to college, and uh, we got him a truck an uh, hour and a half from here. It broke down. It was awesome. So we found ourselves sitting out um, after a long day in a Shell gas station, sleeping in the bed of the truck. Some of you have done that. You know what that's like, right? Everybody creeping up on the car, seeing if they can strip it, and you're like, whoa, popping up. It happens, man. It happens. Um, we get to a hotel, uh, stay the night, and I'm in the middle of my shower. Don't worry, it's PG. And um, the water cuts out. So I got shampoo beard rocking. All right, I got my, I'm like, what do I do? I got to get this out of my beard. And so I had my um, Taco Bell beverage from the day before that was iced down and there was like hardly any soda left in it, but I just rinsed that bad boy out and said, here we go, we roll on. And uh, get to Texas, fill the gas tank up with gas. It's a big old rainstorm pouring down on us. And uh, it's freezing cold, and I'm a California boy, so I get back in the car, got the gas going, and all of a sudden I see like this, like torrential rain it felt like, just, just exploding. And I look back, and no, the automatic stop on the gas thing didn't stop. There is gallons of gas spewing out of my car as I get out in my slides and socks and wade through a puddle of gasoline to get and stop the, the gas. Um, I did, and uh, I'm not smart enough to throw those socks away, so I throw them in my back of my car, and for the next four and a half hours, all I'm smelling is gas. <laughs> that was not fun. <laughs> and then I'm still dumb, and I'm trying to fix it, and like, well, I can save these socks, right? I'll just soak them and get rid of the, some of the gas, and then I'll wash them, and then finally I'm like, I'm an idiot. Just throw them out. It's a pair of socks, for goodness sakes. <laughs> And uh, got rid of them and then um, got on my way back, uh, my room uh, next to me, my neighbor at the hotel um, got arrested and like five bags of drugs were coming out of his pocket. So I like slip out and give him a business card and run back in, you know. I didn't, but I needed to. And I was just, I was such that guy that's like peeking through the curtains. Oh, it was so crazy. I loved it. It was such a great moment for me to say acceptance is a solution to my problem. And I could not change any of those things, but what I could do, well, I probably could have changed the gas stuff but, um, and the socks. But here's the thing is acceptance was my, the solution to my problem. I had to accept everything that came at me. And I got a college kid who's mad and angry and upset because his truck that was supposed to be back there isn't back there. And uh, just trying to teach those around me recovery is, is difficult and how do we do that through our actions? Because my character defects want to rear up and, and I got a, a little thing up here that we're going to uh, put up. The, let's put up the, the images. But, but life sometimes is like a wrestling match and we step on the mat and we're ready to wrestle and our opponent is our addictions, our character defects, all these things and what they're ready to do is they're ready to pounce on us, they're ready to attack us, they're ready to destroy us my family's dying. They're like, I can't believe you put Silas up there. I know, I'm a dad. Let me be proud for a moment. But here's the thing. Our life can destroy us. 
The things in our life can reach back up and kill us. But if we do the steps, if we apply the word of God to our life, if we use our sponsor, we use our accountability partners, then all of a sudden we can get the upper hand on the enemy that's trying to destroy us. And I don't want to say the enemy is Satan and all that stuff. Ultimately, yes. But when we are able to surrender our life and our will over to him, apply these steps, we get to stand in the middle of the mat and get our hand raised. But we don't do that alone. Go to the next image. The next image is the picture of my son's wrestling team as they were watching him wrestle and cheer. And uh, that's who our sponsors are. That's who our accountability group is. That's who our open share group is. That's who the people that went through our step study with us, that's who they are in our life. We have to step on the mat and we have to destroy the enemy because he's looking for every shot, every weakness, every moment that he can take care of us and wipe us out. And we have to be ready for that. We have to be ready to defeat that. Go to the next image, which is fine, and we'll just stop there. It's just getting our hand raised. And tonight, our topic is victory. And that's what we're gonna discuss. And so if we talk about victory, step seven says this, we humbly ask him to remove all our shortcomings. And the verse that goes with that is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. If we confess our sins, that's part of being humble, is admitting when we're wrong. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We already uh, went through last week, drop, or two weeks ago, Drop the Rock. We talked about that. My question for you, my follow-up, as you've had a chance to think about that, is have you had victory over your character defects? How do you drop that rock? How do you let go of those things that are rearing their ugly head? Well, here's how we do that. We voluntarily submit. We have to voluntarily submit to God. One of my favorite movies in life, and still is, I could probably watch it any time, is The Princess Bride. Yeah, as you wish, right? As you wish, as he's falling down the hill. And uh, they go through this, um, this big old forest, right? And in there, they've got the quicksand, they got the R-O-U-S's, right? which is rodents of unusual size. And in there, he, he goes, I don't believe they're real. I don't believe they exist. And then all of a sudden, a rodent of unusual size jumps out and tries to attack him, right? And that happens to us all the time. We have these character defects in our life, and we go, it's not that big of a deal. It's really nothing. It's not a, anything at all to worry about. And then all of a sudden, pride just smacks us in the face. All of a sudden, one of our character defects destroy us. Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, has something to say about this. And it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is what recovery does. This is huge for us, that we would be that sacrifice, that living sacrifice, and submit ourselves to God, that he, during this step, would be able to take away those character defects. Not just remove the things that we think he should remove, but actually open up and let him remove the character defects that destroy our life. That's huge. Well, in the AA, the big book, on page 76, it says this. It's, a, it's the seventh step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. What a great verse. Or a great passage out of uh, the big book. My creator, God, that you would remove all these things. Are you that submissive every day? When you get up in the morning, do you pray that he removes those character defects that you could be useful throughout the day to help others? Because life hits us in the face. Sometimes, yesterday, I got a phone call that hit me before I even, I, before I even left the house. That just kind of spun me for a loop all day. But if I'm not ready, if I didn't do my prayer walk in the, in the morning before that, if I didn't do my time with God before that, then how am I to be ready for those things? But it's that voluntarily submit, not forced. It's not our spouse forcing us to submit. We're not doing recovery because our spouse is making us be here. We're doing it because we're voluntarily doing it because we need it for ourselves. Because if we're doing recovery for our spouse, it'll never take, it'll never happen, it'll never work. You just hide better because that's what I did for so many years of my life. After the V comes identity or identify character defects. How do you identify those character defects? In celebrate recovery, it's a little bit difficult because they don't uh, explain it laid out in a way that maybe the AA would. Um, but you go back through your sin list. You go back through your inventory. You look at those character defects that are uh, just obvious. There's some that are obvious and there's others that you'll have to really take a look at. And uh, there's this uh, thing that says, falling down doesn't make me a failure. Staying down does. And this is something that I pulled up because I get these ads on Facebook because we always get ads on Facebook. But this is one of the ads I get on Facebook. It seems like every other day. And it says this, crawling is acceptable, falling is acceptable, puking is acceptable, crying is acceptable, pain is acceptable, but quitting is not. You're going to crawl, you're going to fall, you're going to puke, you're going to cry, you're going to have pain in your life. That is reality, but don't quit. Don't quit. Another shirt that I saw, because that's a shirt ad, um, is uh, no one cares, try harder. But I tried, I didn't think that would apply here for this, but um, I really like that one. Um, but falling down is, is what's gonna happen. It happens in our life. We're not gonna be able to be perfect in everything we do, and we're gonna get to that later. But how do you 
take a look and see what your defect list is. And out there at the information booth, there should be a list like this, which is really big print. No, it's not really fine print. And uh, you can't read it from there. But on this list, there's three columns. And on those columns, in each one of those columns, there's two columns in that column. So I know I confused everybody right there, confused myself. There's a positive, which is the flaws. And then there's the assets list. And I would encourage you, if you're struggling to know what your character defects are and you have a sponsor, that you would grab one of these lists and you would slowly start to go through it. Let me just read a few of them for you. Angry, apathetic, apprehensive, arrogant, attacking, avoidant, blocking, boastful, careless, cheating, competitive. I'll skip down to the next column. Jealous, judgmental, justifying, lack of purpose, lazy, loud, Sorry. Um, stubborn, sullen, superior, grandiose, pretentious. And the list goes on and on, and there is a lot on here. And if you get this list and you can't find things that you need to surrender to God, then you need to be up here in two weeks teaching because I, I, that is just what, it, that's reality, is we have things that we've got to surrender to God. I'd love to tell you that I'm perfect in it, and I'm not. It was a good reminder as I was prepping for this. And I told you kind of what my sponsor had me do is he had me get poker chips. And on one side, I have one of my character defects, which is being evasive. I'm like trying to nail jello to a tree. You can't do it. I like to be evasive. So on the back, I then have being direct. Being direct. On one side, I have I'm a liar. I am a liar. Because... I won't justify. I am a liar. <laughs> on the opposite side of that, I have to be honest. On one side, these all have a theme for me. One side, it says secretive. That I like to be, keep secrets. That when I feel controlled, when I feel trapped, I want to have something that's just mine. And part of that is because of growing up, my mom was very intrusive into my life. I'd go hang out with friends and she would do like third degree on what we did, when we did it, how we did it, who was there, what was their name, was there, were they talking to any girls, was this, was this, and it was like breathing in, their, in my mom's face when I'd get back from hanging out with friends just to make sure I wasn't drinking. And so for me, anything that I can keep just mine, just Scott's, is a character defect, and I have to be open. And that's what I have on the other side is that I'm open. And so that's huge for me. And so I would encourage you as you get these character defects to do that with, you can do it with poker chips, you can do it with a three by five card, you can do it with whatever you need to do, but that's one of the things I would encourage you to do. And I know I talked briefly about that two weeks ago. But in Proverbs chapter 16, verse nine, it says this, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. That there is a way that, that, that we plan our character defects, and man, we normally handle a situation one way. And that's how we handle it. But the Lord directs our steps, and so we have to submit to him, voluntarily submit to him, and he's gonna show us how we are to walk, where we're supposed to put our foot, where we're supposed to go, how we're supposed to handle situations that used to baffle us. Not only identify character defects, but change your mind. I already read the verse, but Romans chapter 12, verse two, it says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
that you would be able to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, not believe every single thing that you see on social media, not believe every single thing that um, you read in a newspaper, not, not believe every single thing that's out there that the world is telling us to do, but that your mind would be transformed by the word of God, by applying these steps to your life. That is how we start to know what is that good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We have to change the way we think because my thinking brought me in these rooms. I have a thinking problem, and so we have to change the way we think. As a sex addict, I have a impaired thinking problem, and here's my impaired thinking. I know I've mentioned this multiple times, but here's what I, I have, and that is this, is I basically am a bad and unworthy person. That at my core, I believe that I'm bad and I'm unworthy. And that no one would love me if I, as I am. That left to myself, no one would love me. The next one is this, is my needs are never going to be met if I depend on others to meet them. And so I have to meet my own needs. And what is my greatest need? As a sex addict, it's sex. It's pornography. It's getting that rush. As a food addict, it's filling my belly and getting that comfort. You may think similarly, I don't know, but that you would be able to start to transform your mind and you would start to, instead of thinking that you're bad and unworthy, but that you'd start to believe that you are worthy and you're made worthy by God. That you are lovable. And that through the, the phone calls, through our sponsor, through our accountability partners, through those people, we're actually able to see that our needs will get met. Our needs will be met. And that's huge. Then we have to turn over those character defects. How do we turn them over? Well, we start with humility. We start with humility. Humility uh, and James chapter four, verse 10 says this, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. That we would humble ourselves before him. Not think greater than ourselves than who, who we really are. Knowing that's why we've gone and we've done the fourth step. We actually know who we are when we stand before God. Humility is a uh, problem with sometimes with humility, what gets in the way is that we're concerned with getting our own way and receiving the recognition that we craved. We placed ourselves above others, hoping to disprove our own feelings of inadequacy. So we put up that pride to think better of ourselves than what we ought. The 12 steps of OA on page 60, it says this, we have discovered that, discovered that humility is simply an awareness of who we really are today and a willingness to become all that we can be. Simply discovering who we are and what we can be. Humility is like underwear. I know, I just went there. It is like underwear. We should all have it, but we shouldn't let it be shown, right? We should all have it, but we shouldn't let it be shown. So we're about, right, all that stuff, right? There's a phrase that baffles me and new people, first-timers, second-timers, you may not get this, and you may get frustrated with this phrase, but it's let go and let God. Let go of what? Let go of control. Let go of what you have to think that you have to manage. 
Let go of your character defects. Let go of trying to meet your own needs. Let go of those things and let God be the one that will sustain you. Let God be the one that will comfort you. Let God be the one that will come alongside you and help you. The O in victory is this, one day at a time. Life by the yard is hard. Life by the inch is a cinch. All right? I'm a football coach. We're in football season. I don't have to get 80 yards on one play. All I got to do is keep getting three yards every play. If I get three yards every play, I will get a first down. And eventually, when I get a first down, those of you that aren't familiar with football, it starts back over. So you get four plays, first down, starts over, and I will eventually get in the end zone and score a touchdown. That's all I got to do is just get those three yards, three yards, three yards, three yards, three yards. And that's huge. That's huge. Matthew chapter six, verse 34 says this. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Huh. You mean I'm not supposed to worry about tomorrow? No. It's got enough problem of its own. Just deal with today. One day at a time. One moment at a time. Sometime, as a food addict, it's one bite at a time. Managing that. The R in victory is this, is recovery is a progress, is progress. It's not perfection. When we make a mistake, we acknowledge that fact without claiming that we ourselves are that mistake. We simply acknowledge it and we move on. We're not the mistake, we made a mistake. Progress, not perfection. I... uh, I like watching TV. I use a lot of analogies, but I was watching uh, Saturday Night Lights, great football uh, film. You just got to skip some scenes. Um, so you just get skip forward a little bit. But um, there's this thing that the coach said during the whole season is you got to be perfect, 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 perfect. Well, here's reality. You can't be perfect. And then they're, they're facing at halftime um, the fact that they're probably going to lose. And he goes, well, let me describe what perfection is. Perfection is that you have um, clear eyes, clean heart, you can't lose. That's perfection. The fact that my eyes, when I look to my brothers next to me, that I'm working recovery. That I can tell them I'm doing the best I possibly can do. That I look to my sponsor, I look to my accountability partners, I look to my spouse and I say I'm doing the best I can. Pure heart that I'm, I have no secrets, no lies. I've given every single thing that I possibly can, all the passion I have to my recovery for success. And if I do those things, I can't lose. Love that. Love that. Another thing I got from a TV show, um, Better Call Saul, is this, is perfection is the enemy of perfectly adequate by Jimmy McGill. Perfection is the enemy of being perfectly adequate. My wife and I have a theory when it comes to parenting. We don't have to be, and my wife's like, you're not sharing this. I am, because this has been our theory. We don't have to be perfect parents. We just gotta be adequate parents. <laughs> and that has taken all the stress off of having to raise these perfect little kids that when they go out of my house, that they will be perfect in life and they will never make a mistake. I just gotta be adequate. Just not screw them up more. That's the key. Just don't mess them up any more than they already are, and we're good, 
right? And hopefully I'm doing a good job. Um, and obviously they're talking in church, so I can't be perfect, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but the relapse scenario in recovery is this, is it's like this hill, and uh, Dr. Carnes will refer to it as this hill, and on top of this hill is a boulder. And that boulder is our addiction. That boulder is what we use to relapse. It's uh, sex addiction, it's drug addiction, it's codependency, whatever it is. And then we have this boulder and it goes downhill. And when we're at the bottom, we are relapsed, gone, OD, and whatever it may be. And that boulder is a lot easier to stop at the top of that hill. That's why we have the things like phone calls, That's why we have our accountability partners. That's why we have our time with the Lord. That's why we go to meetings. That's why we do those things is because it helps keep that boulder at the top. But when we get out of practice, you never hear what happens to the guy who stops going to meetings. You never hear about them because they're out there, relapsed, done. You have to understand that there's a process in that. And some of you guys know. Some of you guys start jonesing. That boulder's still at the top. It may be gaining a little bit of momentum. It's easier to stop it there, pick up the phone and call it there than after you've used. Don't call me after you've used, call me before. Right? We say those things. And so stop that boulder at the top of the hill rather than at the bottom of the hill when life has all of a sudden been smashed to pieces. Philippians chapter one, verse six says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out, carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God is not done working in you and it will not stop until the day of completion and he wants to do amazing things in your life and so if you get to the point where you're able to start to let him do those things, he will begin to transform your life and help you. It's just getting to that place of letting him do that. The why in victory is this, you must choose to change. You must choose. Nobody else can choose for you. You have to choose it. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And so you can fake it. You can go to step study. You can know all the right answers. You can play the game awesome. You can go to meetings. But if nothing changes, nothing changes. And instead of hiding behind your lies, you're now hiding behind a false recovery. And you just feel guilt and shame because you don't feel like you're truthful and you're honest. And so you have to choose to change and start to let that change happen in your life. James chapter four, verse six says this, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God supposes, uh, opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God will give grace to you. God will extend that grace that you so much are longing for if you're willing to humble yourself. And that's the key to step six and seven is humility. Humility, humility, humility. So I encourage you, humble yourself before the Lord. 
Let him be the one to pour out his favor upon you, to transform you, to change you. And as you do that, life will be beyond what you could ever imagine. But you gotta do the work of surrendering. So that way, one day, when your time here on earth is done and you stand before God, he can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And your hand can be raised in victory. Let's close in the serenity prayer. Stand with me and let's close, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen.